0: Money FM 89.3, the best of Saturday mornings.
1: International News Review. Welcome back, everybody. Our international news review with Steve Oaken. Good morning. Good day to you, Steve. And and happy holidays
0: to everyone. And I have breaking news that Would I you? just got off my Google machine. What's that? Neil Humphreys is a comic book author who has a net worth of $6.15 million. Okay, so, it's gone up. Yes. And, yeah. and <laughs> in this environment where most people's portfolios are down 20 25%, Neil's up. He is a financial uh, genius. Oh, we should have a segment on his financial portfolio so, and how he has managed this. what was it again six what six point
1: one five million the point one five is <laughs> just for money fm there you go there you go steve um neil and i got you a little present that's in front of you um and we would like you to open it now all right yes. quickly, quickly because quickly. it is live radio no yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll
2: just no it's uh i'll, I'll explain it's break. a nice blue gift and you can can I, raise it a bit. can
1: i just mention that um oh, that wow. wrapping it's job a multiple was, gifts it's
2: a that, multiple gifts there you I go. have a Money, Stay FM, tuned. Money
1: FM, uh, Money FM, recycle bag, mm. and something you've been wanting. I am. Yes. There I have you my go. Own Money
0: FM T-shirt. <laughs> now he's officially <laughs> a part of
1: the
2: team. <laughs> there we go.
1: I anoint you
2: uh, one of the fellow Stooges. <laughs> Steve, we are now the three Stooges.
1: This was. Uh, this is a, a thank you not only for coming on our show every week, but you do a lot with the other shows on Money FM as well. So we we appreciate it. I, We're happy to have don't you with talk us. About give us. There's one <laughs> show. And there's the other shows. Can I just finish
2: with this? So we are happy
1: to have you on our show and thank you for all of the work that you do for Money FM throughout the year. And it is just
0: great to be a part of your extended family. (laughs) There you go.
1: Okay, Hey, let's get on with our first topic of the day. This is the uh, Africa U.S. or U.S. Africa Summit. Joe Biden has announced billions of dollars in support investment to Africa uh, as he met with uh, heads of the continent. Tell us a little bit more about the importance of him meeting 49 leaders.
0: Well, it, it reminds me of what the the U.S. approach to Africa now reminds me of the, the U.S. approach to Southeast Asia now. I mean, the, the U.S. Has, has woken up that it is in a competition, certainly in Southeast Asia with China. It really needed to up its game in Southeast Asia diplomatically, militarily, economically. And so we've seen so much more engagement under the Biden administration with Southeast Asia. We're now seeing that in Africa. Because Africa is not yet the, the economic power that it, it, it will be, that Southeast Asia is, but it is going to be. And it is a critical part of, of the global rules going forward. And so the U.S. had to wake up, had to engage with Africa. So now the, the president brought 49 African leaders to really highlight that the U.S. is no longer going to have what one commentator called benign neglect – towards Africa. We now, the United States, have to be in there. We cannot cede the grout to China and Russia,
2: which are ahead of the United States when it comes to Africa. Well, that was the key, wasn't it? Because President Trump pretty much neglected the continent during his four years in power. Not only that, he insulted uh, several African leaders. How much ground do they have to make up to the other major heavyweights, particularly China, as you mentioned, but also Russia?
0: Well, I mean, the, the U.S. has got to figure out how are we going to engage economically, militarily. Mm. And it's more difficult for the U.S. because look, Russia approaches it in one way. We're just going to sell you arms. We're going to sell you whatever arms you want. And you just give us money. So Russia has one. focus. China, it's it's more on, on the economic focus. And it's kind of one way. You know, we'll invest in your country, but all that money is going to come back to China. So it's a win-win, but it comes with strings. The U.S. looks at it from all of those, and it also says we're going to look at your human rights record, we're going to look at your uh, your institutions, we're going to look at your governance. So it's much more difficult uh, in how the U.S. engages because it demands more, um, but now this is where it has to start. And, you're right. and President Trump never stepped foot in Africa in his four years. I'm sure he's never stepped foot in Africa, probably in his life, because he couldn't build a Trump hotel or a Trump golf course there. But <laughs> now we have to get going, and so you have uh, President Biden announcing he's going to be going to Africa, the first Mm -hmm. president, you know, to go to Sub-Saharan Africa since 2015. Um, You've got Catherine Tai talking about trade. You've got Jake Sullivan, the national security advisor, talking about investment. You've got Vice President Harris talking about it as well. So it's a it's a full court press. um, And the African countries are saying the same exact thing that Prime Minister Lee is saying and and President Duarte saying here. Don't make us choose, United States. We Mm. need to engage with China. We need to engage with you. Don't make us choose. So I think you have a real
1: blueprint for U.S. engagement in Southeast Asia is what it's going to look like in Africa. Thanks, Steve. Um, We're going to move forward. Uh, This past week, Elon Musk decided that he was going to ban some prominent journalists from Twitter uh, for his uh, own reasons, uh, which we will start to explore here in just a minute, uh, one of those, uh, th- and this has caused a backlash across many nations, uh, the EU, the U.S., and elsewhere, uh, accusing him of a, a double standard of wanting to have more free speech and allowing banned people back on the platform, like the former president, and yet at the same time banning some uh, some prominent journalists. We are lucky to have one of those journalists with us right now, joining us from the Washington, D.C. area. Stephen Herman is the Voice of America's Chief National Correspondent. Now, he was formerly the VOA White House Bureau Chief. He's been on the show, good friend of the show. We've known each other for 30 years. Steve, great to have you on the show. How broken up are you about being banned from Twitter?
3: Well, uh, I don't see any red eyes, uh, although this is radio, I guess, except for the people on Facebook. And uh, I, I I didn't get the hat memo, by the way, uh, I, although I see the other Steve has also been uh, uh, hatless. Uh, look, th- I mean, this is a, a serious issue, despite all of our laughter mm. uh, about it. And um uh, It is uh, definitely for uh, me and the uh, other uh, journalists who have been uh, banned a a professional impediment at best. I had uh, built up a following over the years of about 112,000 followers on Twitter. Uh, Am I ever going to be able to communicate with them again on Twitter? I don't know. We'll we'll see. I have been, uh, quote, permanently suspended, unquote. And that's all the information I have from Twitter, uh, with no explanation uh, as to uh, what I
1: uh, specifically did. What was your last post or your last couple of posts before you got the announcement that you were being banned?
3: Yes, all the posts that I had been uh, tweeting or most of the posts in the hours uh, leading up uh, to this did involve Twitter they were uh, posts about the other journalists being suspended <laughs> who were tweeting about a uh, particular twitter account that was uh, suspended but uh Glenn as you know from um, you know decades of of knowing me i do not uh, give opinion i don't uh, try to be uh, humorous uh, on social media uh, my uh, uh, reporting and my tweeting is very uh, straightforward i did um note uh, that uh, if you tried to link to this uh, uh, Elon Jet account on other social media platforms, something popped up saying it was dangerous and you couldn't actually put the link in. So some of us started spelling out what the link was for those who wanted to take a look at what this uh, Elon Jet account was doing on other social media platforms, because obviously you couldn't uh, see it on Twitter anymore. And it was uh, legitimate news. This was a, a big deal. Uh, but uh, Elon Musk claiming that uh, we had doxxed him and were giving out his uh, uh, position in real time is blatantly false.
2: Yeah. Just a bit of background for our Singaporean listeners, uh, Steve. As you said there, Elon Musk is taking legal action uh, against a Twitter mm-hmm. account because it was tracking his private jet. And then other Accounts were then sharing that tweet, so it, you know it was going on and, on and on, but at the same time, he has restored Donald trump's Twitter feed. he has um, uh, those that criticized the, uh, the, 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 cap- the capital riots or were in favor of the so-called demonstrations their accounts have been restored as well. so it's been a very selective process, if you like. How was this going down in the United States?
3: Well, uh, I guess you could say that some people are uh, remarking, uh, in their view, uh, you have seditious conspiracy uh, <laughs> yeah. being equated with um, uh, tweeting uh, things about Elon Musk that he doesn't like. So, <laughs> in yeah. a nutshell, uh, yeah, I, you know, I have to tell you frankly, since this has happened, i I've, I've been doing interviews and uh, I've can still see things on Twitter. I can't see my notifications. I can't direct message anyone. I can't like any tweets and I can't tweet, obviously. I still can see tweets because uh, I haven't logged out of my account. And I thought that's probably not something prudent to do. I'll probably never get back in. <laughs> mm. uh, but I haven't been paying too much to what's been happening on uh, Twitter today, which is very uh very unusual for me, obviously. And the the thing is, you like this is Twitter's a private
0: company, and and so long as it doesn't break the laws, uh, it doesn't discriminate against you know black people, doesn't discriminate against uh, people of a certain religion, it can do what it wants under under the U.S. law, but. Elon Musk has made a big point of saying he's an absolutist on free speech. And now all of a sudden, he's not an absolutist on free speech. He explicitly said he would not ban the Elon Musk jet tracker less than a month ago or about a month ago. And now he's banned it. And so now Twitter has new rules. And it says that you cannot share live location information of a person. That's a violation of the Twitter policy. So if you are going understood, to, but yep. that's not what the journalist, the journalist didn't do that. What I'm saying, it, it, and so he's a total hypocrite, and he's doing whatever he wants to do. And then the question now is, I think, what's going to happen with Twitter because he's just making it up as he goes along. He's he's changing the rules as to whatever he wants. Legally, he can do this. Constitutionally, he can do this. People applauded when Donald Trump got banned from from Twitter. Obviously, this is pre Elon Musk because he's reinstated him. So it's the question is, what's the future of Twitter if he's just going to do
3: whatever he wants
0: to do whenever he wants to do it? change the rules and make them up as he goes along
3: it, it's a valid question and uh, I can tell you what my experience has been since uh, this occurred it's just about uh, 24 hours ago something like that I, I had uh, as an insurance policy had set up accounts on some other social media platforms uh, a while back uh, last evening 24 hours ago my time when this happened when I was suspended from Twitter I went over to this platform called Mastodon. We have a bird, tweet bird, and then Mastodon, this big huge thing. I had three thousand one hundred followers at that time. Right now, uh, last time I checked, I think it was about twenty six thousand. So I picked up twenty three thousand followers on Mastodon in twenty four hours, about a thousand an hour. It took me many many years, (laughs) a couple since two thousand eight, to build up. Uh, 112,000 followers on uh, Twitter. So, uh, is Mastodon going to replace Twitter? I don't know, but uh, the the uh, definitely the flow going from Twitter to Mastodon. Although Twitter, you know, is still huge and uh, we, it, it, it's the most valuable social media platform in the world. As far as I'm concerned, as a journalist, there has been this uh, uh, gushing of waters. From Twitter, uh, the dam bursting and and uh, a flow into Mastodon for mm-hmm. what
1: that's worth. If you've just joined us, we're talking with Stephen Herman, the Voice of America's chief national correspondent, and Steve Oaken, our regular contributor on our international news review, chief uh, uh, the uh, uh, consultant for & Associates. Excuse me about that. Had a momentary lapse of reason. Um, and Steve Herman, just want to stick with you. What are your friends? And your colleagues, your other journalist friends, saying in recent weeks about the way Elon Musk has come in uh, to Twitter, um, sure. you just mentioned a moment ago, it still is hugely important and, and hugely influential as a platform. Do you sense that it is waning in just because of all the internal turmoil and the way that Elon Musk seems to be, uh, as Steve uh, Oaken said, you know making it up as he goes along?
3: Well, I think people have been concerned for weeks and, and I've had colleagues reach out to me. They knew that I was over on uh, Mastodon as well as this other platform called Post.News and uh, asking me for advice, whether they should go over there. And I've, I've warned them. I said, look, these are not replacements for Twitter. They they are alternatives, but they're not replacements. Nothing is going to, I think, going to emulate uh, Twitter, uh, uh, the way that it is, the way that it works, uh, the, the reach that it has. If something does come along like that, it could probably take some years to, to build up to that. So if you want to have the sort of uh, uh, influence uh, and connectivity, uh, Twitter is is the place to be if you're in my business. Now I have to say, that the engagement, you know, people responding, commenting on your your posts on Mastodon is much higher uh, for most postings than on Twitter, mm. even though I have a fraction of the followers that I had on Twitter. Make of that what you will. Yeah. Mm. Uh, it's, it's something worth, uh, you know, taking a look at, because maybe a lot of accounts on Twitter are bots and trolls yeah. and debt accounts and or people that just signed up and uh, aren't really very engaged anymore
2: yeah, there yeah. yeah steve can i ask a question to both of you sure. uh we'll go to steve in the u.s first the french ministry of industry has criticized the, the the lack of press freedom the united nations has tweeted they are deeply disturbed by and you cannot use medium freedom as a toy the german foreign office has said this jeopardizes press freedom. Relating to the Twitter bans. To the Twitter yeah. bans, yeah. And yet the U.S. government, which is often very quick to talk about press freedom in other countries, or lack of, has not said anything yet. Why do you think that is, Steve? Well, I think there's perhaps a couple of reasons. The European
3: Union has uh, been uh, very proactive in targeting social media companies uh, compared to the uh, regulatory uh, agencies in the United States. Uh, so that's one thing. I think the other is is uh, perhaps um, the administration, uh, Biden administration, wants to tread very carefully about what it says and does. And as we have seen uh, with uh, elements of this administration, whether it's the Justice Department or the Fair Trade Commission, uh, they tend to wait to get into the rhetoric until they have filed some sort of uh, charge or uh, criminal mm. complaint or s- civil complaint. So we, we know that Twitter is already under certain uh, uh, guidance, uh, directives from the FTC, the Fair Trade uh, Commission. Uh, will there be um, you know, uh, investigations forthcoming from uh, other arms of the government, including the Justice Department? Uh, the Security and Exchange Commission. I don't know. We'll mm. just have to see. So I wouldn't take their silence as lack of interest. I think mm. they're being very careful in uh, what they're saying now. And as Steve pointed out, Twitter is a private company. Yep. It is owned by one individual. It's his country club he can decide how he should be dressed.
0: And, <laughs> and that's. And you remember, social media is neither, right? It's not social. It's antisocial for the most part. <laughs> and it's not media. It's a business. And so the, 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 under the U.S., you don't have these First Amendment protections saying, well, Twitter kicked me off because they said something I don't like. Well, he can do that. And now the, the real question, though, that we have going into the Christmas season, right, is with Elon Musk's ban on, on tracking people's movements – What's going to happen to NORAD's Santa tracker? <laughs>
1: yeah, that point. is a
0: huge, huge wow. issue. Right. NORAD, for 50 years, basically <laughs> allows children to find, to follow Santa live, where he is around the world. Is that now going to be banned? Uh, and this is a well, huge problem. <laughs> Steve,
2: my ability to avoid answering a critical <laughs> question on Biden has just reached a new level. I tell
3: you. For, for years on the White House beat, I was tweeting real time where the president of the United States is, where sure. Air Force One, the plane was, because I was on it or with the president, and this was publicly releasable yeah. information authorized by the White House, so is is the Twitter uh, rule going to... Uh, <laughs> uh, go beyond even what the uh, White House is authorizing to be released? And, and
0: which, but Neil, the real question, it's not going to be what Biden does. It's, it's what does the market do? And, and if, if people abandon Twitter, the advertisers abandon Twitter, that's going to force some actions. And because Elon Musk is so prominent on this, it's his, like Tesla is his Tesla's stock is getting hammered, Mm. and people are now having a negative impression of Tesla because of what Elon Musk is doing on Twitter. So Tesla shareholders are furious at Elon Musk because he's costing them money. I think the market is going to force the behavior uh, of of what he is doing to people, what Elon Musk is doing to people, you know, great journalists like Steve Herman. That's going to force it much more than what Joe Biden is going to say. Okay, in a word, will Twitter survive this?
1: Steve Oaken
0: not the it will not come out of the same shape as it's in today
1: steve herman last word to you will twitter will twitter survive
3: Despite everything that's happened to me, I'm optimistic. I think
1: Twitter
3: will survive in some form.
1: All right, gents, we do have to leave it there. I'll, I'll give the last word to Don Pierce on Facebook Live. NORAD, Don says, tongue-in-cheek, is a more significant threat than Elon. Okay, <laughs> so there you go, from Don Pierce in Washington. Uh, thanks very much to, uh, to Steve Herman for joining us from Washington, D.C. area, the chief national correspondent of VOA and former Twitter user. Uh, and Steve Oaken uh, here in studio. Senior Advisor at McClarty Associates. Really appreciate you both coming on. Steve uh, Steve Herman, let's check in with you maybe in the new year sometime, see how it's going over on Mastodon.
3: I, I want one of those 89.3 FM <laughs> <to> <laughs> it's
0: It's that in the mail. Really and nice. Steve,
3: hey, we, we will give you the
0: hat memo first <laughs> next time. <laughs> I have done Thank hundreds you. of shows to earn this.
3: You've done like two. You've done like
0: two. Yeah, okay. Hundreds. Yeah, but Steve, <laughs> Steve was
2: very pithy, though.
3: Very <laughs> succinct.
2: <laughs> very to the point.
3: <laughs> I'm going to get a keychain.
1: Anyway. There you go. <laughs> Maybe an umbrella. We'll see. Okay, guys, thanks very much. We got to leave it there. Have a good, uh, have a good weekend. Happy holidays. <laughs> International
0: News Review. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download
2: our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.